0: now, Rock Talk with Mitch Lafon. Welcome to the show, the one and only, Mike Skill of the Romantics. Uh, Bonjour, Monsieur, as we say in Montreal. How are you?
1: Hello, Mitch. Uh, Doing fine. Doing good. Good. Nice to
0: have you. We haven't spoken in a couple of years, actually.
1: Or maybe like three or four. Yeah. (laughs) It's been a little while.
0: It's been a little while. Uh, The new album, of course, uh, available now is called Skill, Mike Skill. Let's get right into that and 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 talk about sort of uh, releasing a solo album at this point, and and uh, talk to me about sort of putting it together and and what inspired you to get this out at this time.
1: Well, yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, um, I'm Rock Talk, and uh, well, the past few years, uh, you know, of course, we've been off for the, the last year and a half, uh, and. Um, uh, just before that, uh, we're on the road, the Romantics were on the road, uh, since, uh, she's 1980, I think I was, I was out for one year and, um, but we've never stopped touring and, uh, uh, yeah, uh, as time goes on, I'm, I'm collecting ideas and songs, I'm playing, you know, playing guitar at home and on the road and I'm going by my drummer, Brad Elvis's, uh, house, and uh, on the way like I'll do a show in Detroit or or other parts beyond and on the way back I'll stop off in Chicago where he lives and uh we'll go to his house and so we'll bang on I'll bang, I'll bring some songs to him and we'll jump in the studio over there at uh our friend's studio uh Mike Hagler and uh I'll throw I'll lay down a back track I'll lay the drum track down uh, a guitar track and uh and we'll get two or three ideas down and then I'll head home and, uh, back on the road. And this stuff goes on and on, you know, you go like that. And I'm finishing up song ideas and, uh, lyrics and choruses and all that. And, uh, before you know it, you've got a, a good handful of songs. And, uh, just before that, I mean, all along with that, I should say, uh, at my other studio I had that when my son went to school, I uh, turned the, uh music room, the kid, the kids' music room, uh into a studio. They had a, a big room, a double wide trailer, uh wood floor with a good rug on it. And drums sounded great in there. And uh they they'd have their music room in the in the day, music class in the day. And at night I'd go in there and I'd be there till two, three, four in the morning creating uh with all my gear. And uh I moved to here, got new gear. But um, I'm collecting songs and, and finishing up things. I'm uh, uh taking some of the brad stuff uh, drum stuff and uh, uh kevin rankin from uh flock of seagulls he's here in portland and uh he would come in late on a track for me a drum track or i'd have a, an engineer do a drum track and i'd end up with these little babies These little things little creations and uh uh and i was slowly finishing them off and um i got a good uh uh five six seven eight of them eight of them and uh I ran into Chuck Ocasian out of Detroit, a uh, producer out of Detroit, worked with uh, Chris Cornell, and he did a lot of remixes like Madonna, um, Eminem, and uh, Fuel. He worked with uh, remixes on Fuel and stuff, production, and I did, I never heard a lot of this stuff, you know, and um, I, I took these tracks I had already mixed. Uh, I finished and mixed some of them uh, a few years back, and I gave them to Chuck, and... Uh, he takes them gives them back to me. And I'm going, Oh, these things, I had mixed them, but these were like on another level. They were, they just really, uh, uh, jumped off the speaker, so to speak. And, um, I'm realizing I've got some, I've got some, uh, I've got a group of good, group of little songs here. And I'm going, man, I can release these things. Then the pandemic hit, I'm on the road. I'm off the road. Never been off the road for 40 years, uh, four decades. And, uh, and uh i got these songs and i'm going these these are album worthy i could do something with these so uh i would go into chucks to finish up um maybe four or five four more songs i think i already had tunes already um uh really we just solidified the whole thing and it came down to 12 songs and there you go we have this little little gift package of songs yeah which uh yeah lucky lucky and I was off the road so i finished up uh i did all the details that needed to be finished up and i uh, got it out last year i released uh five or six uh singles uh yep. i think i started with uh carrie got married not my business my bad pretty uh 67 riot came out before that i put it out on 45 last year uh you can still get it i have a few left um 67 riot with uh Wayne Kramer yeah. about uh my days in Detroit when I was 12 13 years old when there was a when the 67 riot happened.
0: Well, in fact, let me uh, let me just quickly ask you about that because uh, the Romantics connection to the MC5 and correct me if I'm wrong, but that is the first band that you opened for if I if I got my my yeah. history correct. Um talk to me about working with Wayne because I saw Wayne on the mc50 tour that he did a couple yeah. of years ago and the guy's a monster i mean he's just yeah. moving and and sweating i mean you could have sworn he was 20.
1: and that was only one five one of the real five and yeah. there were five guys that did that <laughs> yeah uh, so
0: so talk to uh, me about him on this and and sort of that that sort of cool connection that hey i opened for you you know 40 years ago and here you are on my album now.
1: Well, yeah, he um, actually we opened for him when we first formed. Our first right. m- we got together in uh just after the punk years, uh 1976, right around the same time we got together. Romance came together. Uh me and Jimmy uh going to New York, we played CBGBs, we come back, we kind of said, let's just lay back and hang for a while. And uh I found Wally, I called Wally and told him, Come on over and uh, I'd like to check you out and we got Wally together and the, and the Romantics performed. And, uh, the first show was with, uh, opening for the new MC5. Wayne wasn't in that at the time. It was just Rob Tyner, the lead singer. And, uh, we got the job, we got the gig. They asked us to open for him. Uh, they were doing a showcase and, uh, we played that show and we got a lot of, a lot of attention because, uh, Romantics were just like, a. we had this look, uh, the short hair, the skinny ties, the straight pants, the boots. And, uh, the orange, orange iridescent suits, and uh, it took off right away. And, and four, four decades later, I'm still doing it. And uh, I, uh, I, I recorded 67 uh, Riot, an idea I had in the last uh, 10 or 15 years ago. I had the idea of the title. And I knew I wanted to write something about the riot, 67 Riot that happened in Detroit. Uh, there had been an incident two weeks before that hot July, really hot July, I was about 12 or 13 years old uh it sparked off uh in 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 an area near downtown downtown detroit and uh it went on for a few weeks um and uh 42 42 people uh citizens were uh killed and uh unfortunately it was a uh it was a party it was actually a homecoming party for um uh, two soldiers came from viet uh, home from vietnam i believe and uh two soldiers and uh it was a, a late party uh they caught in detroit called a blind pig a four in the morning goes to four in the morning or whatever and um cops didn't police didn't like that and uh things elevated and i think someone was shot at that uh that bar that club and then it went from there all into the in, into the downtown area into the area down there and uh the tv ginned it up and uh the press ginned it up and made everybody afraid, and uh, helped help get everybody all riled up. And uh, and that's what the exit of Detroit. That's how the exit of Detroit started. That's that's part of it. A little bit was a little bit before, but um, people started moving to the suburbs, and then that was kind of the slow degradation of Detroit. And then with the car, uh, with the gas crunch in uh, Japan, and Japan making cars and that. Anyway, so uh, Wayne Kramer has always been with me from those days. Uh, they had a little 45 came out in 1965 or six. Uh, they did, uh, we Can On- I Can Only Give You Everything by uh, Van Morrison, them uh, did it. And uh, the five did it in a way. It was like um, Van Morrison did it in his usual way of, of under, uh, kind of a garage rock back in those days. And then the five took it to like the Who beats MC5 mixed with a avant-garde jazz. They just it's just like just feedback and rawness. And, and when us us kids, I was I was a youngster then learning guitar uh, just after the riots. And uh, uh, I I heard that song and uh, it stuck with me. And uh, that sound just uh, I, I learned about the five, the Stooges, Bob Seger, uh, a grand funk, all these bands coming out of Detroit, uh, was right in that area, that area of time, uh, the spot in time anyway. So MC five became like an idol MC five. These guys are great on stage. You know, you heard all about them. I'd hear stories about Iggy on stage, uh, every week and, uh, at the Grandy ballroom. And I'm just learning guitar and I have a little band and, um, So I get, you know, these guys became like my idols and uh, I'm in the studio with Chuck and I I laid down the track and it was a great track and it was just had the great, the word, the lyrics came out really nice. Uh, It had a good message and it had uh, uh, about coming together. Even we we have to, uh, you know, remember what we've gone through to improve the the future um, with the subject matter. And uh, I told Chuck, I go, Chuck, man, wouldn't it be great to have Wayne Kramer on here? Wayne Kramer from the MC5. And uh, we're in his studio in Detroit. And uh, he goes, call him up. Call him up. Oh, I go, I can't call him. He's like, like, and, you know, not an idol, but he's my, one of my favorite guitars, guitarists, like an idol. But uh, him and Fred Smith, uh, these two guys were like uh, incredible on stage and uh, really a big influence, a lot of guitar players in Detroit. Detroit always had a lot of great guitar players, and uh, uh, so I eventually called Wayne, and um, uh, he says, Mike, send me the track, and I sent the track, and he called me back, and he goes, Mike, it's a great song. I'd like to do it. Uh, he, I go, just go ahead, do what you do, and lay it down, and uh, about a week later, we get it back, and uh, we listen to it, and I go... <laughs> Chuck, we can't we, like, we can't even touch this thing we can't even, we aren't going to turn it down i mean we can't cut it up we can't just leave it lay it out and that's the way we and that's what we did we just kept it the way it was and uh it's a pretty fantastic uh single 45 it's it really available is. still uh still available on uh, mikeskill.com. it's uh 67 riot with wayne kramer was a vinyl 45.
0: Uh, Before I ask you the next question on the album, let me just ask you about Detroit. Because, you know, growing up uh, through the 80s musically with uh, Motley Crue and Quiet Riot, I can tell you all about the Sunset Strip and that that scene. And then I can tell you all about the Seattle scene and how it destroyed uh, the, the 80s scene. But what was Detroit like back then? Because it really was something special. If Kiss wanted to be discovered, they had to go to Detroit. And then you had... Ted Nugent and Alice Cooper and Amboy Dukes and yeah I mean we
1: well, even the who the who and uh and, right. and pa- page with his new uh new Led Zeppelin which was called Yardbirds, right. the new Yardbirds. right they really came into Detroit Detroit was you,
0: you the, had to go there to be discovered to there, yeah. just like people in the 80s had to move to to Sunset Strip to, to be or, discovered, or
1: or or in the, in the 70s they had to go to London or New right. York or LA for the punk scene right so so
0: so what was it and and were you one of these kids that that went to all the shows and you can sit there and say wow i saw alice cooper at my you know high school dance
1: uh-huh. yeah i saw ted nugent at a uh, high school in uh wow 68 or so wow. he, had a group called, he had a group called the amboy dukes Dukes, that's right and it was an actual band and they yeah. were one of the tightest bands in the city one of the keyboard players lead singer, and he actually played a little guitar solos and then played the song. Unlike, you know, it's like a big jam. It's kind of like a long songs drawn out and whatever he does. But and he and and they always wore these cool Edwardian uh, flashy uh, clothes like uh, big collars and fluffy uh, ruffles and the silk pants and everything. Just Ted Nugent. And uh, he had his hair long and a kind of bouffant. And it was kind of the psychedelic hard rock predecessor of the metal thing. You know, it's really turned offender amps all the way up. Everybody did that anyway in Detroit. But uh, all the guitar players, no one used pedals, no pedals on the floor, no, no picnic cable full of pedals. Um, uh, anyway, uh, yeah, and you'd see, you could go see Bob Seger at the hideout. There's a club called the hideout, teen clubs, tons of teen clubs. Uh, Bob Seger, early Bob Seger um, and the last heard, Bob Seger system, uh, you'd see uh, uh, a guy called uh, from The Frost, uh, Dick Wagner.
0: Dick Who, Wagner was the greatest. Uh, I, I actually became friends with Dick Wagner uh, later in life before he passed away. Oh, wow, nice guy.
1: End. Really nice. Great guy. Great player. Yeah. Uh, he had a band called The Frost. Uh, and then uh, he played, him and Steve Hunter played on, uh, Steve Hunter was with Mitch Rogers Detroit. Yeah. you had yeah. Mitch Ryder in 1962 uh, playing... Uh, hard rock soul uh with jimmy mccarty who, who joined cactus yeah cactus was an apprentice uh, yeah. was like an american led zeppelin yeah. with
0: carmen uh apathy
1: yeah and tim moore and uh mitch Ryder was like that was a big deal at the time uh before the mc5 just two or three yeah. or four years before the mc5 and the iggy and all that so there's this whole thing when i was growing up when i 10 years old i'm motown just started just started out. And, um, uh, and Smokey Robinson and all the songs and radio was blasting all that. So we were a heavy duty music town and a heavy duty working class at the, uh, auto, auto plants, um, open 24 hours uh, building cars, people, uh, uh, in and out all, all day, all night. And they had these little bars and things that people be playing guitars and that, and three in the morning, four in the morning, whatever, when people got out of work. But, um, uh, A lot of musicians came up from the south and um, and worked in the in in the factory. John Lee Hooker, John Lee Hooker worked at Ford or Cadillac, one of those places. And uh, and Hastings Street was where we lived, right down the street from uh, from uh, from uh, the 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 auto companies, uh, the car the factories. And uh, so they play at night, or play in the day, or play at night and work in the day. And uh, and it was just a big. Man, it was a, like a well, like when, when you had the Beatles of a British invasion, I think the world had the Detroit invasion. It truly did, did. Yeah. it truly really did. And by the way, let's, let's yeah. take
0: a moment to mention that yeah. Dick Wagner and Steve Hunter are one of the most dynamic duos. I mean, from from Lou Reed to Alice Cooper's Welcome to My Nightmare, those two, yeah. Well, the train kept rolling.
1: Smith album, all those guitars yeah. on Kiss, they played on Kiss. Uh, yeah. Hunter played on the first kid, first on the of-
0: on, uh, Detroit, uh, yeah, on uh, Destroyers. What they played yep. on the
1: yep, what Those a killer guys.
0: combination! And and Bob Ezrin picking them and as his go to yeah. duo,
1: smart man. Dick Wagner worked on uh, uh, what was it? Uh, uh, was it $1 billion dollar bit about billion dollar babies from Alice Cooper? Yeah, I think, uh, and and then a few more. Uh, these guys were uh, just um. Give them a Les Paul or an SG and plug it into a Marshall, and they were gone. They were, they were just so good, so good. Steve Hunter, I think, lives in Spain now. So, but anyway.
0: Does he really? Oh.
1: Yeah, James, then you got James Williamson. James Williamson, uh, Raw Power from Iggy and the Stooges. It's another guy who used to play the clubs, teen clubs. Uh, wow. You know, he had a band with uh, guys from a group called the SRC. That's a, a Scott Richard case. If you want to check up a great group, S- src scott richard case where the first two albums are great really good
0: oh wow so let me let me just get over here back to the album for a second because I-, I could go on and on about all those bands i mean one of my yeah. greatest one of my greatest stories is about from like five years ago where i got to see iggy pop perform in montreal at this outdoor festival Beautiful. and i watched it from the stage because i had an all access and standing next to me was marky ramon so it's just like, it's like, well, you know, what, what, yeah. fantasy living Um, yeah.
1: uh,
0: on the uh, skill, Mike skill album. You have, of course, recut what I like about you. Yeah. Um, As I listened to it, I, I didn't pick up the subtleties. But what is the 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 what are the differences? And is any of it have to do sort of with that uh, Activision guitar hero lawsuit? And then you're just sort of saying, you know what? I'm going to get the rights back to this. So I'm <laughs> going to re-record this.
1: It, it was really simple. It was really simpler than that. It was just more like, um, uh, a lot of other folks have, have done the song and played the song kids playing the song all the time. Of course. And, uh, and, uh, it was just time for me to go. I wrote the song with Jimmy, the, the drummer. And, uh, I wanted to do the song so uh it'd be a good time to do the song actually it was uh, kind of tied to uh, the 40th anniversary of the band we were going to do going to do a song uh, uh for the 40 or just some kind of record or some kind of uh, release but it never happened with the romantics so i uh you know sitting at my house i'm thinking well i'm gonna do something on the 41st anniversary of the Romantics because you know it's uh 41 years uh my 41 years in being in a band and playing live and i figured i'd do what i like about you and i just went in and uh really pulled out i pulled out the original amplifier i used i pulled out the the, the rickenbacker guitar and uh put the guitar on it and uh just went went for it and uh it came out so good i mean it really has a lot of attitude and en- energy to it
0: yeah it sounds uh, great
1: but it, it really works and um uh, I mean, I sing it live. I sing it live with, uh, with the band. And uh, so it was just kind of a natural thing on on an anniversary, an odd anniversary from uh, Romantics, 41 years. But my, my new, putting my foot into the doorway of stepping into having a record out. So, yeah it's like a, like a, a new beginning with me. And no one really know. I mean, some people know my name. I mean, they know the romantics and, and I guess, and, and that's why I, people call me skill. They call me Mike and they call me Mike skill or Skillbone because when I was <laughs> 12 years old, I was so skinny. You couldn't see me. Let skill me, uh,
0: let me ask you about, about the big romantic songs for a second. What I like about you talking in your sleep, one in a million. Um, they were all over radio back in the day. Yeah, they they were all over early MTV back in the day, which is great for the band gets you gets you notice, gets you gigs, gets you opening slots at some point, though, at some point, though, does the record company come to you when you get on to the next when you start doing test of time and mystified? Do they say to you, hey, uh, I don't hear another talking in your sleep. Would you mind trying to do it like the, the, does the record company sort of say we had success with this one? Go write another 10 like that so we can have 10 more successes.
1: Well, we, had, we had some, there was a turmoil as far as I don't want to, I don't need to get into it too deep, but right. um, we did two records. Um, the first two albums, I, I'm on guitar, and then I, I was fired after the, the uh, second record. Um, the first album comes out, The Romantics. It's out for um, 1980. And then by the end of 1980, three songs have gone on the chart tell us to carry um, when I look in your eyes and what I like about you. And they all charted around uh, what I like about you went to 47 and started dropping off the charts and the record label and the management started talking about, you guys got to get into the studio and doing a record. And we, we had just toured USA, the U S and Canada. And then, and then here they are talking about putting us in the, in the studio. And it's like really a, a mind boggling thing. Cause you just worked your ass off for three years. Coming up with this music, well, me, I had those songs before the band, even some of them, and uh, and uh, so here we are. Instead of going to to parts unknown, like uh, Finland, uh, France, Germany, England, we're we're going back in the studio. It, it was totally a chaos, chaotic thing where I think it was traumatic to the band, and uh, and um, it quali- uh, it uh, it gave. Uh, juice to the fact that uh we could we were just at odds with each other away. I had to come up with new songs, new guitar parts, new solos, uh Jimmy with lyrics, Wally with lyrics sometimes, and uh those guys. And uh the band had to really uh move into another groove away from what we were doing uh with the first album, you know, and and it really is traumatic. And uh I I created uh I'm the kind of person that has uh, uh, tons of guitar ideas tons of song ideas and really is spark of the band and in, in a lot of ways uh and then the band is a big spark in its own way right but uh uh so i'm not going to shut up when i'm talking about the look the art of it the uh the punkness of it the way i think it should have an energy or an attitude right and it created a lot of tension and um i think the management dro- dropped the ball with uh with the label and the band and then I was fighting about uh, royalties and stuff. And so I was gone and came back. They, uh, that's when all this turmoil happened with the different members in the band.
0: Right. When uh, they brought cause in.
1: Yeah. Cause came in, that record did nothing. Uh, they wore their pe- pink leather suits, which that's what we were arguing about. Uh, <laughs> You're going to wear the same thing on the second record. No, I'm not wearing the same thing on the second record. You know, the same old look, uh, another color, uh, leather or something, but um uh, uh, yeah i guess he did even just talk about it now but uh uh anyway changes were made uh i was out i came back in because the label said bring skill back in or we're getting something to write the songs i came back in for in heat the fourth record uh i had uh i started i came back on bass but i was still playing guitar uh with the band and um uh i allowed that i guess Uh, and. Let's see, uh, I had the bass for Talking In Your Sleep. Um, me and Jimmy were jamming or something, but I, I came up with the bass line. And uh, we had that. It was the last song for the In Heat record. Uh, we finished the whole record. And the producer comes out and says, we need one more song. And we're going, we're going oh, geez. And so we, uh, we gathered together and uh, took that, my bass and we formed the song Talking In Your Sleep. So these different ups and downs to get to to that rolling one record and uh, yeah and uh so as luck would have it uh, MTV MTV was just coming along and uh, uh, so um, well that was in that was that for the second record I think that was uh after the second record after uh, national breakout MTV started to come along and that's when uh what I like about you is dropping off the charts and MTV just kicked it up in the stratosphere. So that that's how that happened. Then when we're talking to sleep, it was just a whole nother vibe for the band. After, uh, after uh, the punk scene in, in um, London, England, and uh, New York and LA and Detroit, um, the punk scene was really, you go in the studio, you bash your songs out and you throw it out on the market. You didn't, like, really produce it real heavily. You left in all the, uh, the rawness and everything. And by the time I got back in the band with, in 1983, uh, that scene had changed to a new new romance, the new romantic scene, where it was heavy-duty production, where it was over the top. And uh, uh, you'd go in the studio and spend tons of money on that and tons of money on videos, uh, as opposed to the punk scene, which was, was a raw, in-your-face thing uh anyway so talking your sleep was perfect for the time uh with the dance vibe and kind of rolling stones groove, and, um and um the label got behind it and went right straight to number two right behind yes uh owner of a lonely, lonely heart <laughs> which was a, a
0: huge huge album uh in terms of the uh, skill mike skill album do, do you plan on going out there and doing solo shows
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I played already. Um, uh, I, did, I Well, there were some benefits I was asked to do uh, about a year ago, but um, that was that was there was two two benefits I did. One was uh, uh, I did for free. I did a uh, Detroit Music Awards and uh, uh, one for Sylvain Sylvain of the New York Dallas, and that's all I've really done. But um, uh, I'm looking forward to getting on the road later uh, next year and uh, possibly with Romantics too as well.
0: Yeah. So so where where are we with the romantics? Because you have your new album. Do you plan on doing a new romantics album? And if so, what kind of sound do you go for? Do you sort of yeah. hark back to the nineteen eighties or do you say, No, 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 no. It's twenty twenty one or twenty twenty two. Let's move forward.
1: Yeah, I get asked that a lot, but you don't really you don't really um it's not about sculpting a sound, you just really you're doing what you have inside you. You can't um uh you can manufacture a sound, but it, uh, it's more. Um, it, everything comes out better if you're doing it right from the heart, right from what you've grown up with, and and not worry about the charts or the scene or what's happening now. Um, you take you you keep your eyes and ears open. There's the garage scene and the grunge scene, you know, and all that. You just that happened, and uh, uh, all I can draw from is I'm drawing from. Uh, uh, the sixties teen club scene with the MC five and, uh, uh, early Bob Seger when he was writing protest songs and, uh, Alice Cooper. And when the, who was out and I'm drawing from my, my influences from as a kid, early guitar player, really. And then, and then learning about John Lee Hooker and BB King and, uh, Peter Green from Fleetwood Mac, the guitar player, blue, great blues guitar player. And, uh, uh you take from all that stuff the yardbirds and the who and you just keep moving it forward in in your own way um and 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 that's your best bet when you put your money down you're doing it uh you're doing it from your heart and you're doing it from what you've learned from the you know you can't take anything away from From, it from from
0: the whole experience Uh, let me just quickly ask you uh cause of course who came in and replaced you stayed with the band for many years afterwards how was that for you i mean was it was it sort of strange because i mean he, he does appear on in heat he does was it strange to sort of have both guys at the same
1: time you no know, we were geared towards success we we're geared towards toward doing shows playing shows playing the romantics i'd switch on to guitars i'd play guitar with them and uh it, it became uh just a a, a touring thing we were around the road and uh and in, in the studio studio a few times and uh we worked together wrote together and uh um toured together I mean we we were a band and uh we did the normal things and uh um then uh he he uh, filed a lawsuit against us with uh, our uh, former manager and uh we went through all that and he was gone so uh and then uh I jumped over to guitar on uh, for full time uh 2011
0: yeah always was an adventure in bands. Um, yeah. Now that you've done uh, the solo album, (laughs) (laughs) oh bands, bands, it's 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 a great existence. Where where do we go in terms of making, or in terms of the solo career? Is that something that you want to focus on and get more solo
1: albums made? Uh, I'm gonna take it as it comes because yeah, I I feel like I've got a lot left in uh, in me as far as songs and uh, and uh, I've got a few uh, some I've got friends uh, in Detroit. uh, I, I brought guitar players and uh, different people in on this record. I plan to keep doing that. I'm not just going into Detroit one time, getting them to play on it. Just something I'm going to keep rolling along with. Uh, there's a lot of Detroit, Detroit talent. And I, I've got Ricky Ratt who came in from uh, uh, Dead Boys, toured with De- Dead Boys. He's a guitar player and uh, he's a real good uh, uh, mix with me, uh, the way we play uh i'll use uh probably brad again and uh who knows i mean i'll just uh go forward first i need to push this as much as i can and uh get my name out there and uh that's the reason i I didn't put a title on the record because uh it probably would have been uh, uh, not distracting but it it was it's more of a clearer intention when i said mike skill this is mike skill right here and uh if I, I called it something else, it, it, I think it would have been uh, 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 a little camouflage, a little camouflage instead of the intention of right in your face. Mike skill, yeah. skill, Mike skill.
0: Yes. Like Bond, James Bond. I love it.
1: Yeah. It falls into that. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's really about my last name, my last name skill and Mike skill. Yeah. It's both, but yeah. In I terms
0: of, of working solo and working in a band, are they two sort of separate things and you like both equally or was this one more rewarding or do you, do you like, do you like the band vibe? Like in terms of, of putting it together
1: well, with a band vibe, I'll bring a, a song idea and then I got I've got to either leave room or back off on parts of it. Some of the songs have to get chopped up and someone else says, no, let's not do that. Let's do this. And I got to back off and go, okay, I have this idea uh, give it to these guys and then it's it's kind of like uh i gotta share it i gotta share it which is fine i'm i'm, go- I'm going for the end result it doesn't always happen like that um uh, sometimes uh, a lot of times i have the fo- the full song well I, I usually do bring in the full song but um or the full idea it could be a title it could be a guitar lick but usually it's a full song uh this 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 project it's not really a project just this life that i'm creating here with this uh music uh uh what was i getting at um it's it's stuff that was uh that had to come out that i it came out of me and i heard myself singing it. i didn't hear myself going well i'll give this to him and maybe he can sing it um it was stuff that wow this the worst works for me i can do this so you know i'm writing and, and i can sing and play it so I'm, I'm, I'm it's already in that vein so i don't have to give it up i don't have to give any portion of it up uh not not money wise i mean creative wise um i'm not worried about the other i just i just the music's the important part for me the creativity uh the uh the uh development the uh the ins and outs the pain of finishing a song the pleasure of finishing a song, the ease that sometimes they come out really easy and sometimes it's work. So it's a craft. It's uh, like painting, like painting, drawing and And, painting.
0: And it's so rewarding when you get to have your vision out there. Of course, uh, folks can pick up the album right now at uh, mikeskill.com. It's on the streaming services as well.
1: Um, It feels so good to do all that. And then I get to talk to you about it. It's just, uh, it's a great, you know, it's a pleasure. It's a, it's yeah, just
0: and also there there's a certain pride in it because it, it is your baby and entirely your baby and and you sink or swim based on, and it's great.
1: Well, are you doing um your 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 show is your yeah. own right? Yes, of I, course. I, now, you think it might be completely different if you were on a radio station or if you're of course with... it would. Yeah. It'd be better. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no.
1: No, no, but- no, no, no. That's not what I'm saying. No, no. There'd, be, there'd be barriers. I think there'd be oh, barriers.
0: 100%. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I've I've experienced those barriers. Yeah, and I'm not going to sure. name which companies, but, yeah. you know, the show can only be an hour. The show can only be this. You can only, you know, I would book a guest like Boy George, and they'd say, no, 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 you're the rock oh, guy. You can't have Boy George on oh, there. Oh, really? <laughs> and it'd be like, but that's a good guest. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, so i do this completely independently now and it does what a quite
1: great writer well. he is. she's a great writer what a great songwriter
0: he's a great writer and yeah. you know this month alone listen I, I i'm doing you i've done rick ashley i've done the new kids oh, wow. on the block uh, i did slayer uh, i'm going nice. all over the place and that's what i like and you know, most fans that listen aren't just a metal fan or just a rock yeah. fan or just a Duran Duran fan. They sort of grew up and said, you know what? I like Hungry Like the Wolf and I like talking in your sleep. Yeah. And guess what? I like Photograph by Def Leppard. Yeah. And it's, yeah. So I know exactly what you mean. Being yeah, in like control is great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, hey, I was listening to 53rd and 3rd just the other day. So... <laughs> You know um anyway, uh,
1: with those guys, we toured with those guys.
0: How was we, that by the way? Because that must have album. been wild.
1: First album, yeah. We both had vans, we we're in our little white van, and uh eventually we got a bus. They were still in the van. Uh I just remember on stage uh playing like uh a romantic, a romantic song called Night Like This, and there's a break in it where uh Wally plays harp and the drums are going. And I walk off the stage and I'm standing stand there and I'm standing next to Joey. And says, "How you doing?" I'm going, Holy, "How you doing?" I go, "Man, I love your band. I love your band." Both of us, both groups, we couldn't get airplay if you wanted to. If we gave, we gave them, for, you know, if we, if we paid them, if we paid them, we couldn't get
0: little payola. They wouldn't take yeah.
1: it. Yeah, we couldn't. Our sound was so different to the radio that was going on at the time in the late '70s and early '80s. Uh, we couldn't get airplay. I'm going, man, it's tough out there, isn't it? He goes, yeah. And I go, I love your band. He goes, I love you guys too. He goes, dig you guys. I love pop music. And I go, I didn't. I know. I read about that, but just to hear him say it, uh, it, it felt really cool. And uh, you know, in the end, you, you know, he was into all the girl groups from the '60s and all that kind of really cool stuff that I liked that I grew up on. But just to stand next to the guy and uh, be able to tell him uh, how I dug the band was a really pleasure. You know, they'd show up and uh, they'd get their they pull up. we'd already sound check, we are about ready to go on, and they'd just pull up, jump out of the van. Uh, they thought they had a trunk. Every town they went, went to, uh, every little town they went to, they'd uh, send their road manager out and uh, they'd go to the resale shops and they'd buy all the leather jackets they could find, all the bike jackets. Uh, uh, and they had this big road, uh, like a drum uh, trap case. And it was full like of leather leather jackets so <laughs> they'd take them back to new york probably and sell them but uh that's right but uh
0: that's why cbgb's became john varvados they're selling all those uh
1: <laughs> they're selling yeah, all the leather jackets t-shirt, yeah t-shirt for 90 dollars yeah crazy yeah
0: you know i went to to varvados with a friend of mine a couple of years ago and, and he he bought all these t-shirts for 90 but he spent like three thousand bucks and i went it's a t-shirt he goes no it's a comfortable t-shirt you've never worn a t-shirt like that i go i'll live
1: trust me you just went over it with your car for a few times yeah
0: no, I'll, I'll be good uh, and by the way it's it's funny that you say that you didn't have a sound for radio or whatever back then because i can't imagine 80s radio without talking in your sleep without what i like about you i mean though those are state those are iconic songs of the era i mean when you when you do a greatest hits 80s you think flock of seagulls i ran you think uh, talking in your sleep i mean
1: well, then there's just then there's all cars the by gary newman X, XCC, i mean come on xcc you know yeah. xcc and uh dear god you know, the that class, was last class finally got airplay yeah uh uh yeah xcc and uh the other group uh i can't think of it right now hot black coffee in bed um black coffee in bed i'm trying
0: to think uh that's not Gino. No, Gino Vanelli is "Black Cars." Black cars look uh, better in the. Den and That's a good song, by the way.
1: <laughs> I'll think of it. I'll think
0: of it. But uh, but there That's you go. Uh, anyway, as we say in Montreal, uh, merci. An absolute pleasure. It's always always great to talk to you.
1: Well, thank you, and uh, I can't wait to get up there where you are. I love uh, Canada and love to go there. And uh, we we go up to Vancouver. I'm on the West Coast. I grew up in Detroit. About uh, quite a while back, I uh, met my wife, and uh, she she's from Portland, and uh, and she she was a dancer with the Tubes when we were on the wow. road with Romantics, and uh, she's from Portland, and uh, we go up to Vancouver, BC a lot. We go up there. Oh, well, the let's, get, and, let's get you yeah. over
0: to Montreal and to Ottawa mm-hmm. and this part of the world. It, yeah, it's fun. Let's <laughs> a do it. World. It's a great yep. thing. But uh, anyway, uh, there you go. Yeah, Merci always a pleasure yeah. and folks a uh, skill Mike skill available now and of course let's make it easy head over to mikeskill.com Yeah, there you go
1: Inf- all for your rock and roll uh, madness
0: that's what I like and uh yeah great <laughs> stuff thank yep. you sir
1: thanks man uh Mitch uh take it easy and uh thanks for having me on
0: yeah and I'm glad we got this done thank you sir perfect let me, just, uh, let me turn off the recording
1: Au revoir. au revoir all
0: right let me